0: Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Steven Maggi, the podcast.
2: Conjunction,
1: junction, what's your function? Hooking up words and phrases
0: and clauses. Conjunction, junction, how's that? I got three favorite cards that get most of my job done. You know, sometimes celebrity couples just don't work. I gotta tell you, as an interviewer, one time one'll become your favorite and the other one why are they there? Or they start one person's a dominant factor, they come in not these two. I'm really excited to talk to them. I've seen them on before. I've read all their stuff. They're really interesting folks. Louise Duarte, uh, you probably have seen her. She's a famous actress, comedian, impersonator, all that stuff. Done a lot of voiceover work. And Squire Rushnall. Squire is involved with, I know if you're like I was growing up as a kid, you know his stuff, Schoolhouse Rock. But he's the, the two of them have put together this thing, Godwink, that's really seldom does a new word get into into our life language. So I want to talk to him about all of that, but I got to ask you guys, you guys are great together. I'm just thinking, you actually enjoy working together, right? I mean, it sounds like you're having fun.
1: Oh, God. Oh, you know, absolutely. Actually, I think we were just
3: saying today that, uh, you know, we can't stand being apart. So if Squire goes to the store or something, it's it's like, when are you coming back?
2: <laughs>
1: we, we miss each other so much in the middle of the night. That she wakes me up <laughs> just to say I miss you. I'm right next to her. Okay. Well, I, I get
3: it. I get it. I, it. I, it. I it. right? Okay. Well, and I but we are madly out. in love. No question about it. That's a good thing. Over no, that's
0: a very tears. good thing. <laughs> that's a very good. And I'm thinking, of, particularly with this pandemic, boy, it can be rough if you're having a hard time getting along. So it's kind of nice where if you're going to be stuck, you're going to be stuck with somebody that you enjoy being stuck with.
3: Oh, <laughs> well, just remember, if he gets bored with me, I can just. Turn into somebody else. I can be Joan Rivers. Can we
0: talk? I love you, Joan Rivers. And it was funny because I, 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 you were on a show and I happened to tune in that time and I, you, you had lost your voice or it was real scratchy. And yet when you did the impersonations, they all flowed. And especially, <laughs> I thought Joan Rivers actually sounded more like Joan Rivers <laughs> with a little bit of that in there. <laughs> uh, oh, we
3: God. miss Joan, don't we? Oh my goodness. It was one of the best.
0: You know, one thing, Louise, you seem like you've developed a style where I know I've seen a lot of impersonators, but you can go switch back and forth quickly and so forth, and it kind of gives it a different feel. It's like all of a sudden I feel like, wow, I'm in the room with all these people. Uh, <laughs> did, did that something that just comes to you? Is that the way you normally talk, or is it something you've developed over time?
3: Well, you know, it's interesting. I wanted to have a point of difference, so instead of doing impression for a long period of time— I decided one day just to see how many impressions I could do at once. And it was really from my voiceover days. Uh, I was—I remember Lenny Weinrib, who played... Scora, you you've hired him uh, for... Yeah,
1: it was a Saturday morning character uh, for...
3: Um, I'm I'm hankering
1: for a hunk of
3: cheese. Oh, yeah. it
1: was one of those little characters, yeah. Well,
3: Lenny was great, and and I was wanting to get into voiceover work, and he says, well, I tell you what, he said, why don't you put down some voices, you know, on on a tape, and I'll give it to my voiceover agent. So I went home and, and I just created like a party atmosphere in the background, tinkling of glasses and music in the background, and I just started doing one celebrity after another, and I think I had like 45 of them, and the next day I gave him the tape, and uh, he said, well, did you do a couple on there? And I said, well, I think there's like 40, 45, uh, most you know, celebrity impressions and some other original characters, and... And so he sent it to his agent, and they signed me right away. And I thought, okay, well, maybe, maybe I should do that in my live act. And that's what I did. I, what I, I actually had them stuck in an elevator, and it was based on a real story. I was in, I was doing a gig, and I was with my manager, and I can't remember what country it was in. It was a foreign country, and we were stuck in an elevator. We got stuck. And I have claustrophobia. Terrible. And so I said to Howie, my manager, I said, Howie? And there was another woman in the elevator. I said, excuse me. I said, but I've got to take my mind somewhere else, so I'm going to just start becoming other people so I could get my mind off of where I was. And so that was kind of how the elevator started. And so I put that in my act where I had like 25 celebrities get locked in an elevator, and Popeye eventually gets them out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, now how do you introduce new voices then because if you've got kind of the shtick going on where people hear it all of a sudden you bring somebody new in is, is that part of the act or do they just magically appear
3: well a lot of times I stick them in the elevator to test them <laughs> it's a great place to put them you know to, and if they work well then I might extend them and then I take them out and put more do more of a bit with them alone but I always test them in my elevator
0: Do people have particular favorites? Do people ask, oh, go go to this one, go to that one, you know, because I I can just see how you do these things. And some of them, they were so impressive. It's like, well, I want to hear more about that because it was like really spot on.
3: Well, you know, everyone loved Joan. And of course, now, I mean, I don't really even do my act anymore because most of the people I do are in heaven. So it would have to be, you know, alive or dead from heaven. <laughs> so I uh so Joan was one of the favorites but, but before that it was always George Burns because, you know, it was I think it was kind of a it was different to see, you know, a woman all of a sudden putting on glasses and grabbing a cigar and then doing George Burns, you know. So that was something that I, I always did and one of the great thrills of my life was I was Working with years ago with Donna Summer was her opening act, and George Burns's uh, manager was in the audience. At, it was at Caesar's in Vegas, and. And uh, he came to my dressing room afterwards, and, and at that time I did George Burns and Gracie. Right. Gracie had passed away, but George was still alive at that time. And he said, you know, I really loved you, George Burns, and I, I love that you did Gracie. And he said, would you like to meet George when you get back to L.A.? And I said, oh, my gosh, I would love to. So <laughs> so when I got back to L.A., made, you know, I got to see him in his office. I walked in, and there was George sitting on a director's chair, and he's smoking a cigar, and he says... I hear you do me, kid, now. Let, 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 let me hear you out. So, so I started doing George. I was doing George Bush, And then he said to me, do Gracie for me. Oh, and so I started doing Gracie for him. <laughs> and I, I just loved doing it in front of George. And then I got so choked up because I realized here I was doing his beloved Gracie in front of him. And I just started to tear up a little bit, and he just he stopped me. He said, you're terrific, kid. Have a cigar.
0: <laughs> and he gave me
3: one of his cigars.
0: Oh, that's <laughs> great. And the Gracie was great because a lot of people um, – don't remember how really important she was. She was a great star in her own right, and I just think bringing those two together, that that was the first thing I picked up on. I go, wow, she's doing both ends of this, which I thought (laughs) was
4: great.
0: (laughs) Well, let's switch over to uh, Squire and the world of Schoolhouse Rock. I don't know anybody who didn't remember growing up and seeing those things. My wife still sings those songs, which is amazing to me. She actually loves it. She was so excited you were going to be on it. I was like, well, this is one of the guys. How did that ever come to be and so forth? And, and were you surprised with just how much of an icon it became?
1: I had no idea that it would ever become that kind of an icon. And the story is actually only written uh, once. I wrote it in a, in a book uh, we did... Uh, The Godwink Effect, Um, it was about two or three books ago, but what happened is is that I was uh, vice president of children's television at ABC, and I came into the job following a guy by the name of Michael Eisner, and Mm -hmm. (laughs) Eisner uh, was going off to uh, ABC primetime, and then of course he ended up at Disney, the chairman of Disney, after a few other things in between, but... uh, Anyway, the the idea of uh, Schoolhouse Rock didn't start uh, right at the beginning. It started with Multiplication Rock, and that was because the head of the agency that was representing ABC Children's and Daytime Programming, which Michael Eisner was running, the head of that agency had a problem with uh, his kid understanding the multiplication table, so he was doing a you know, re- reviewing the advertising for the network and so forth. And at the end of the meeting, he said to Michael, "Have you ever thought of doing little short, three-minute programs that would, uh, you know, teach kids the multiplication table?" And then so they had a little song that they whipped up called Three is a Magic Number," and they started singing it right there. And and uh, and so Michael uh, gave him an order, and uh, and that started. Multiplication Rock. About a year and a half later, I came in, and um, and Multiplication Rock was a big success. These two guys who were now working at the uh, um, at the agency and. Producing that series, they were a little bit nervous because there was a new guy in charge of children's television. What if he doesn't like our programming? You know, what if he deep six it? What if he thinks, oh, I'm only going to do things that I invented? You know, all those things. Right. Anyway, they came into uh, the meeting, and um, and they they said, you know, we we'd really like to do some additional programs, you know, about uh, you know parts of speech. Uh, on history, uh, on science and so forth. And, um, and so they're pitching their hearts out. And I'm already thinking, well, what are we going to call it? You can't call it multiplication rock anymore. And so when they pitched, when they finished their pitch, I said, well, we got to figure out what we call it. I said, what about schoolhouse rock? And they wrote that down and that's how that happened and uh and it was just it was just kind of an offhand remark that actually was bridged from the fact that uh their company was called scholastic rock mm-hmm. and they uh or the scholastic productions and uh and so that 's how schoolhouse rock started but nobody ever knew that forty years later now fifty years later uh whole Uh, segments of the population can sing every single one of them. And teachers have kept it alive. Parents have kept it alive. So that when, when we talk to younger kids today, we're always amazed. Most of them know what Schoolhouse Rock is.
0: Well, yeah, they had an actual play out, and my wife and I took uh, our kids. And what the funny part was the kids were looking at my wife strange because she could sing all the songs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that kind of works. And yet, when you heard it as a concept, you start thinking, well, God, rock and schoolwork, they just kind of seemed to be natural enemies, and yet it really worked. And like you say, people still remember those tunes uh In 30, 40, 50 years from ago. Uh,
1: You know, there was a, there was a, uh, Louise and I were doing a speaking engagement together uh, at the Alamo Dome, 40,000 seat theater. (laughs) Uh, and it was called Women of Faith. And so when when you're a speaker and you have an all-women audience, that's like walking in heaven, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what heaven's going to be like, but i bet it's like having 40,000 women uh, cheering you on and laughing at your jokes. Men always laugh inside. Women laugh
0: outside. <laughs> yeah, they have fun with it. Eh?
1: Uh, so... so before I went I and, and I was doing inspirational stories godwink stories and Louise was doing her comedy bits and we were going to move in and out uh, w- wending them all together inspiration and comedy so just before I went out she said "Why don't you tell them that you were the father of, one of the fathers of Schoolhouse Rock?" I said "Honey that was 35 years ago they wouldn't remember that" and uh, she said "Well why don't you try it I bet they would" So I went on stage and said, first of all, I have to establish if any of my people are here from ABC, if you can finish this song, I'll know you're my people. And I sang, conjunction, junction. Yeah, three thousand women blasted me off stage with watch Your Function?" <laughs> so uh, that that began a an awakening for me about the power of short, yeah. meaningful musical uh, uh, programming. And also, and, you got a call from Washington D.C. one day. Well, uh, the uh, when I uh, yeah, the it was a lobbying organization, and they wanted to have. Uh, a copy of the program and, and I realized that as I looked into it, that it was the most requested program. Uh, I'm just a bill yeah. on Capitol <laughs> Hill. And, uh, and, and what they wanted to do was to get a copy of this so that could, they could play it for all their employees. And teach them how a bill goes through Congress. Yeah, absolutely. And
0: so. hey, what a great choice too, Jack Sheldon, who was oh, oh, yeah. really great. great. Yeah, so great. <laughs> so great.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it was it was a it was a really a wonderful experience mm-hmm. to be involved with uh, mm-hmm. with uh, Schoolhouse Rock, and uh, some wonderful people were there. Bob DeRoe, who was the jazz musician. Uh, who actually wrote uh, "I'm just a Bill," but he's the one who wrote all of the uh, uh, multiplication tables, like naughty number nine, uh, uh, naughty number, uh, you know, number three, <laughs> magic number three, and and all those kinds of things. He also wrote "Conjunction Junction." Oh wow!
0: But you know what's even bigger than that is this whole God winks thing. And I remember hearing a homily from a priest, and one of the things the priest talked about was. The idea of coincidence, and it's like he goes, "Wouldn't it be sad if we didn't think of God when we think of these things?" You know, that should be the first place. And lo and behold, I hear about this God winks thing. What an incredible idea! Kind of share share to us how you came up with that, and then the combination of the two of you working with you're putting the comedy in there. You know, people a lot of times don't think of comedy with. Religion, and I, I think in a way it's one of the most effective things uh, there is. And I, we certainly hope there's laughter in heaven, we certainly expect it.
1: Uh, well, there are 12 books, and uh, Louise has co authored uh, six of those. And uh, the first book, When God Winks, uh, was over 20 years ago. And, um, and so, I, my, my literary agent said, Well, what is a coincidence? And I said, I don't know. Uh, I'm just a a TV guy. I'm a schoolhouse rock guy. I ran Good Morning America. I I don't know what a coincidence is. Well, she said, if you're going to lead people with a book, you have to figure out what it is. So Louise and I wrestled with that question as to what is a coincidence uh, for about six months. And finally, uh, the little word Godwink floated into my mind, and I thought, gee, that's kind of fun. That doesn't sound very uh, threatening. And, uh, and we stuck it into the manuscript, and, uh, and it flowed very easily. It replaced coincidence very well, and, um, and, and it slipped right into the language. But here's the thing. In the beginning, I was thinking that coincidence and wish were basically the same. But if you look up coincidence in the dictionary, it will tell you that it's a convergence of two remarkable events without causal connection. Right. Now, that is a very nice uh, definition of a word that scientists would use. But if you're talking about what we're talking about, there is a causal connection, and that causal connection of that experience is divine. It comes from God. And so that is the distinction between a coincidence and a God wink. As a matter of fact, in the Hebrew language, they don't even have the word coincidence. They figure they don't need it. If everything comes from God, what do you need the word coincidence for? Right. So that word has now evolved, and, um, and it, 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 we just love the fact That it is when people learn the word, they start seeing their God winks. Mm -hmm. And and once they develop the eyes to see their God winks, they realize that they are never alone. And they start looking for their God winks. And they start realizing that God is communicating with them all the time. It's like a long-distance call from heaven out of 8 billion people on the planet just for you.
0: In working with all the organized religions and so forth, did you find that people were really happy to hear this? Because I'm thinking sometimes it's hard to explain it, and the way you're doing it here is simple, and yet it's something that everybody can identify with. We've all had those moments, and –
3: Well, you know, we're all on this grand GPS, God's positioning system. And so he sees us, you know, there's a wonderful scripture that says, in all your ways acknowledge me and I will direct your steps. So what he does is he, and there's a great great quote from Sir William Temple back in, what, the 15th century or something like that, Squire, was it? uh, 1650. Oh, 16, and he said, when I pray, coincidences happen. When I don't, they don't. Well, you could just substitute that with Godwinks. When I pray, Godwinks happen. And it is true, the more you pray, the more Godwinks you see, because, again, you're acknowledging God, and the more you acknowledge Him, the more He's going to acknowledge you, and He unfolds these wonderful things. Uh, little, they'll call them serendipitous or coincidence, and, of course, we call them Godwinks. And Godwinks is one of those friendly words. It's like if you were sitting at the big table with someone you love, like Grandma or Mom or Dad, and they gave you a little wink. You know, you didn't ask what that meant. You knew it meant, hey, kid, I'm thinking of you right now. You know, and that's what a Godwink is. It's just God letting us know that he loves us, he's thinking about us, and, you know, we're the apple of his eye.
1: Well, you know, Stephen, um, to your point about uh, what the churches might think, what the pastors might think, 20 years ago, I was worried to death about that, because I'm thinking, hey, I'm just the schoolhouse rock guy for crying out loud. (laughs) What am I doing? What authority do I have to you know, come up with a word that describes something about religion that I'm, abs- I'm mainly ignorant about when you put it into the grand context of what most pastors know. But what has thrilled me more than anything else has been the receptivity of pastors to that word, Every pastor that we've encountered, from Pat Robertson to Joel Osteen to Robert Morris, they all have said, "At a boy, that you know, you, you 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 got a name for it. You 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 now are are making a connection for people." But you know, the best compliment we had was from a pastor uh, in West Covina, a church called Faith Community, Jim Reeve. We were having uh, lunch with him and his wife Marguerite one day. And he was all excited about where we were going. That we we're just about to go to, the, about to start the Hallmark movies, Godwing movies on Hallmark, and uh, and he said, you, "Gosh, you know what I love about you two guys is that, they that, is that you're so shallow." <laughs> and he said, "No, no, no, no. I didn't, I didn't mean it that way." He says, "What I mean is, you two are bringing people into the shallow end of the pool." Yeah and leaving it to us pastors Mm -hmm. to take them to the deep end. And we said, yes, that is what we are. We are shallow people. We are schoolhouse rockers and godwinkers, and they go together because it's simple. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and starting points are great. You know, you talk about getting godwinks. Uh, certainly, this whole concept it seems like it's had a lot of godwinks. I mean, all of a sudden, it's showing up in dictionaries. People are talking about it. Like you mentioned, Hallmark did movies on it. When this first popped up, you... Probably didn't think this was going to end up being like this. I wouldn't think.
3: No, the the movies. It was so fascinating how the how the movies came about. Matter of fact, we we have a a movie that's. I, can we say who it's with? Squire, the new movie. No, we no, can't we yet. Can't, okay, we, we will in a, probably a few days. Yeah, <laughs> but right. anyway, um, uh, well, there was a a partner of ours who's working on the Godwink films with us, and he was at another. Uh, network, yeah. mm-hmm. and he was pitching some of his other movies. And they were saying eh, Do you have a anything streaming on? Streaming network. Yeah, streaming network. Mm-hmm. And he was.
0: Large one. Yeah, large one. <laughs> so I, he was it starts pitching. with an N? Yeah, I think I know what yeah. you're talking about. So he
3: was pitching all these movies, and um, we had just been turned down by Hallmark when we pitched a dog movie. And we thought for sure they were going to go for this dog movie. And they turned it down because the dog at the beginning of the movie is in jeopardy. They are about to put the dog down. And so at that time, Bill Abbott, who was the CEO of Hallmark, he loves dogs so much, and he never likes to see dogs in jeopardy. So he turned it down. So we were very disappointed because it was a great Hallmark movie. So now our friend and partner, he's there, he's pitching like crazy, pitching his little heart out, and they said, nah, nah, nah. So he gets up to leave, and he says, Listen, I have one more story, and he tells this incredible dog wink story. And the network
1: says, we love it. (laughs) So that's a movie that's going to be done very soon. We start that actually on June 1st, and and the book from which that story comes is called Dog winks.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) True God wink stories of dogs. Mm -hmm. And every story in the book has a dog right at the center of it, but they're God wink stories. So when we go back to our pastor in West Covina, we'll say, we're so shallow now, we're on the beach still (laughs) with dogs. I mean, we, we don't even remember Toe in the Water with Dog Wings. <laughs> yeah. But
3: it, but it's a wonderful, wonderful movie and incredible Godwink, Wink, Dog wink story. So we're just, you know, we're, we're thrilled with that one. But but Hallmark has always been so good to us. You know, they, they love the concept. And people, uh, you know, this is our third, I think our third Hallmark movie we, that we did. We did, did our effect. third, yeah. So, and they do very well on the ratings. And I think one of the reasons why people love them so much is that they're true stories. So at the end of every Godwink Christmas story, you'll see the real people and kind of where are they now. And it just gives people hope to know, wow, if that Godwink happened for them, it can it can happen for me. So, yeah.
0: Well, I think people really do get a lot of inspiration from the, the books, the, everything that's been involved with it have been such a great gift to people, not to mention your careers, both. <laughs> people just smile whenever they talk about any of this stuff. So I want to let people know before we leave here how they can uh, get a hold of you guys, because I know you, you do speak all over the place and so forth. you got books coming out. What's the best way for us to follow you?
1: you know, the best thing to do uh, is godwinks.com. And uh, godwinks.com is our main site, and uh, so we uh, will be refreshing it even more than we have been in the past, Uh, and we're just going into a new phase with that to keep everybody up to date on uh, the movies that we got going, and the announcements in the book, and so on and so forth. And actually, tomorrow,
3: Uh, Squire, you're going to start Dog Wink Wednesdays. Yes. And you're going to, you have the story of what the movie's going to be.
1: Yeah.
3: It's a great Dogwink story. And
1: so what we're going to be able to do, uh, and Dog Wink Wednesdays will air on Facebook, uh, Facebook, and on God Winkers. And so those are two sites on Facebook. God Winkers is a private group, and Louise uh, uh, runs that, and uh, I run the, the God Winks, uh, which uh, is a little different you know The um, I think God Winkers is more personal and prayerful. more spiritual
3: yeah mm-hmm. it started yeah. out to get God Wink stories but God had another idea for it we've got some <laughs> stories but matter of fact this, the movie that we're doing the Dog wink movie was given to us by a God Winker someone yeah. who said you ought to check this This uh, I saw this, this story in the Providence Local, you know, newspaper, and we followed up, and that's how we we got the story. But, but God Winkers is really a page where it it's we pray for one another. So people will post their prayer requests, and and there's almost eleven thousand people on there. Squire's God Wink page has over three hundred thousand. And that's a little more lighthearted, and they tell stories. And it's
1: it's more Mm story-based. But anyway, every week we're going to do a different God wink story, encourage people to send us their God wink stories, dog winks and God Winks. Uh, uh, And remember, uh, a dog wink is simply a God Winks story with a dog in the center of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, so we'll be doing that right up until May, the launch of the book, Dog Winks. And actually, here's a secret, you can actually go on that site, uh, godwinks.com, and you can get access to the Audible book right now. If you go to godwinks.com and then look for Dogwinks Audible or Dogwink Audiobook, you can actually get access to that right now.
0: Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. I know you guys are having a blast. I've heard from people that, wow, they do some great stuff on Facebook, so there's fun groups. Thank you so much, Louise Squire. It's been a pleasure, and we hope to hear from you uh, some more. Let's let's have you come on again maybe later in the year and find out where we're at, okay? We love, it. we love it. Love we it, too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening today. This is Stephen Manchie reminding you, Vegas never sleeps.
2: Here at Epsilon XR, we have 50 years of experience in creating powerful and effective training programs. We combine proven training methods with cutting edge technology to create immersive training experiences. Are you ready to take your training program to the next level? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Training.epsilonxr.com.
4: Hi, this is Dr. Annette of the Dr. Annette Show. We've been talking today about COVID-19 and steps you can take to possibly prevent or mitigate infection. Silver and zinc have been used for centuries as disinfectants and as antimicrobials. We're offering you this special discount to make it easier and more affordable to get these essential silver and zinc liquid mineral supplements. Visit our website at www.elementalresearchinc.com and use promo code VEGAS20 to get 20% off silver and zinc products. Once again, that's www.elementalresearchinc.com and use promo code VEGAS20 to get 20% off silver and zinc products, professional line not included. We are all in this together and we can get through this. Learn more at ElementalResearchinc.com and use the promo code VEGAS20. These
0: statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Epsilon XR creates immersive learning environments that engage with your learner, resulting in improved information retention, which leads to better performance and ultimately an increase in revenue. Learn more at elearning.epsilonxr.com.